Welcome to week six of Fiveables College Chats. Today we're going to be touching up upon self-care during college. So this will be about while applying for colleges and while you're an actual college student. So a little bit about me. My name's Darshana and I graduated high school in 2019. And currently I'm a junior at UNC Chapel Hill, go Targills studying psychology and information science with a concentration in human-computer interaction, which is definitely a mouthful. Um, I'm pursuing a career in product slash UX design, and currently at Fiveable, I'm one of the design interns. So a quick overview on what the whole point of today's conversation is really about. Why do we need to practice self-care? So it really boils down to two of these points. Firstly, is that our well-being is important no matter what the circumstance or the state of the world. And secondly, self-care helps us manage stress better and allows us to be more productive. So taking care of ourselves helps, keeps, uh, helps us keep a good work-life balance, which I cannot emphasize enough how important that is once you're a college student. So what today's gonna look like is we're gonna go over these four areas of self-care in relation to college application season and also what it is to be a college student. And with four of these areas, I'll talk about some of my personal experiences. And if you have any questions about anything while I'm having this discussion, feel free to drop it in the chat and I'll definitely get to them. So first off, we'll hit up mental self-care and here, I have these three main points. So firstly, setting a routine, scheduling time for classes as well as reviewing content, doing homework and or applying for college is definitely very important. So in this case, for me, setting a routine is really important because it lets you have control over what you want to do. So this helps prevent, you know, those last minute decisions that we sometimes have to make where we're writing like 10 college essays in one night. So setting a routine where you set aside some time and divide up your day to doing different tasks is really an important way to maintain your mental self-care. So how this looks for me when I was applying for colleges is I would set aside time each day where I would work on my college applications. So whether that was like 30 minutes to an hour, just every day, maybe like in the evening, I would set aside some time and solely dedicate all my energy to that. I see a quick question here. Do you use anything specific to schedule time, like a clock app or general calendar? For me, I am a big fan of Notion. So I know this isn't really specific to scheduling time, but for me on Notion, I like to just schedule like my entire day out. So by like morning, afternoon, evening, I'll just kind of put some to-do tasks up there. So it kind of gives me like a structure on what I want my day to look like. But definitely Notion is something I started using heavily once I became a college student. So as soon as you get, um, yeah, definitely use Notion. There's so many templates out there that can help you if you're kind of bad at setting it up for yourself. But um, definitely recommend Notion. Second, um, taking breaks during the day is very important. So taking the time to do other things that are not related to your academics gives you the time to kind of just like rejuvenate yourself. Because if you're just sitting there thinking about your schoolwork, your college applications all the time, every time, you're going to feel very exhausted. So definitely taking the time out of those moments to go on a walk, play with your dog, hang out with friends or just, you know, go for a coffee run. Small things like that can really give you a boost in your daily energy and kind of push you to do better than if you were to just sit there and work on something that frustrates you for a really long time. And third, this kind of goes along with our second point. So practicing mindfulness and taking time for mentally relaxing activities, as well as things that stimulate your creativity are very important for your mental self-care. And I think this applies more so in for college, once you're a college student, when you're living on campus, you're kind of always surrounded by this like academic pressure because everyone's always doing something that's related to classes or like their careers. So there's this pressure that you always have to be doing something. But 
As a junior now, I can tell you, I promise you, people are not always doing something. They might look like they're on their laptop, they, but they're probably just going and watching a YouTube video or they're probably on Netflix. So there's no pressure to always be doing something. Um, for me, what I like to do is I go on walks a lot and I recently got a dog. So I take him out on walks and that's really just a nice um, moment for me in the evening to go outside, get some fresh air. And I know some of my friends, they recently got into crocheting. So that's an activity that really stimulates their creativity. So at the same time, you're being productive, but you're also not, you know, super focused on like academics, which can definitely drain your energy. Yes, crocheting is really cool. She's um, my best friend actually crocheted me a bag for my birthday. And that was honestly the best gift ever. <laughs> but I should probably get into crocheting myself soon. Okay, before I hit up physical self-care, let me just see if there's any questions that I missed. Okay. Maybe I can ask my friend Tan to crochet you a baby Yoda. I'm pretty sure she'd be down for that. <laughs> um, all right, hitting up physical self-care next. I'm pretty sure you guys have heard all these three things a million times in your life, but I am going to talk about it again. So... Firstly, getting enough sleep is so important. So keeping a bedtime schedule to give your body the rest it needs to recover. For me, I think high school was definitely harder for me to get enough sleep just because the last two years of high school, I took so many APs and college applications definitely makes it hard. But trying your best to get enough sleep is, I can only recommend that so much. You know, even taking naps during the day I would suggest I'm a big napper, so I would take naps like right after school because I knew I would have to be up late. So that was a way for me to get some sleep during the day to kind of make up for my late nights. But in college, it was really great because I had so much more time to do things during the day that I would honestly be done with work before like 9, 10 p.m. and go to bed at a somewhat reasonable time before I had to wake up the next morning for classes. So definitely getting enough sleep is so important. I know on the clock app on the iPhone, there's a way to kind of, in your alarm, set up the sleep schedule and it kind of gives you reminders to go to bed. I can't speak for Android users though, but I definitely know that's a thing on the iPhone. And it'll send me that reminder at like 11.30, like, hey, go to bed, but, I don't know. <laughs> I listen to it sometimes. I listen to it not sometimes, but yeah. Next, eating well and eating healthy. So nourishing your body with healthy food and making sure you're hydrated. So nutrition looks really different for everyone. And, you know, I'm not here to tell you what to eat and what not to eat. So definitely taking the time to kind of see what works for you. And for me, this is kind of going to go with a college student. Um, experience but primarily in my experience I see sophomores and freshmen usually stay <laughs> on campus which means that you'll be eating a lot of dining hall food and contrary to popular belief dining hall food is pretty good because they have a really good variety for students and you have the chance to experiment with combinations that you might not have been um, been able to back at home so trying to build this um, meal plan or kind of these different combinations of food that help you feel better each day are is really important so at my dining hall at unc we had like a salad bar a panini station um pizza bar and like asian food mm -hmm. vegan food and i never really ate a lot of vegan food before going to college but there our campus really made good vegan food so that was something I kind of got into when I was on campus. So definitely testing out the different types of cuisines that your colleges offer when it comes to the, their dining hall food, um, I would definitely recommend. And third is definitely re exercising regularly. So setting aside at least 30 minutes a day to work out or simply move your body. And emphasis on simply move your body, because uh, for someone like me, I don't like to kind of work out with the intention of working out like that's not my vibe i kind of like to do things that 
include, you know, me moving my body. So like going to Zumba or like hanging out with friends and going on walks. So for me, what I used to do in college and even back at home when I was in high school, like I said, I love going on walks. And in college, you're unfortunately going to be forced to walk. I would walk about like two, three miles every day just to get to my classes. So there's your 30 minute workout, you know, like just walking to and from classes is um, definitely a workout. My steps were crazy every day. But in addition to that, I would also kind of every Friday or every Tuesday, I would go to yoga classes or Zumba classes with some of my friends. So not only was it a time for me to exercise, but it was also a really great time for me to bond with um, people that I met on campus. Okay, I'm gonna quickly go to the next slide. Let me look out the chat for any questions. Oh, yep, the Panini station was great. It was actually a new addition at our dining hall, and everyone went really crazy over it because they were so good. And yes, if this is a way for me to um, promote UNC for its dining hall food. I'll do it. Definitely come to UNC. Not only for its food, for, but for other things, too. <laughs> I actually haven't studied abroad yet, but yeah. I'm really excited about doing that eventually. That's really cool that you were able to time. My God. Yes, I go to UNC Chapel Hill in North Carolina. So if you guys have any questions about UNC, I can definitely help answer those too. All right, moving on. So the third part is emotional self-care. And of all the different types of self-care, I definitely think this is the least discussed about because talking about our emotions is not very easy. It's definitely one of the harder things. So firstly, you know, acknowledge your feelings and know that they're valid. So writing them down in a journal or even sharing them with someone are all ways where you can vent out how you feel and, you know, make sure you're having a healthy release so that you're not just, you know, keeping it all inside, which can be very unhealthy for you. When you're, you know, during your college application process or as a college student, you're kind of going through this really drastic change in your life. So it's, it's almost inevitable that you're going to be feeling so many different things. So in that case, you know, talk to people who are going through the same thing with you, you know. At the end of the day, we're all stressing out, suffering degree. So definitely people will help you be like, okay, I'm not the only one, and we're here for each other. So that's definitely something um, that's very important. And second, practicing gratitude. So. This is kind of, I don't know, thinking of at least three things you're thankful for every day. While it is hard to do that intentionally, even doing that unintentionally is a good thing. So for me, I love living life by cherishing all the small things. So whether that's going to get coffee, like I love coffee. So going to Starbucks every now and then, like that's a small thing that makes me really happy. Seeing my dog, that's a really small thing, I guess, that makes me happy. So just practicing gratitude in that way makes yourself feel better, makes yourself happier, and also reduces the stress of all the big things that may happen in life. And a little tidbit here is that several colleges actually have a variety of mental health services for students on campus. So at UNC Chapel Hill, we have Campus Health, and there's a variety of things that they offer there, but mental health care is one thing that they do offer. And there's several therapists there on campus where you can go and talk to if you have any sort of issues or you just need someone to vent to their support groups. So um, I can only talk to UNC feature about that, but I'm pretty sure like most colleges offer some sort of mental health support. So if you're on campus and you kind of feel the need that you need to talk to someone who you can trust, that's definitely a resource that I would recommend. Okay, I think I see a question in the chat. At this time of year, as in July before college applications, what step were you in the college application process? Let's see. College application seems so long ago for me, but 
But I think in July, I was in the process of kind of finalizing all the colleges I wanted to apply to and then working on my comment application essay because I knew that was something that was going to go to like any college basically that I was applying to. So I was prioritizing those two things and then also just looking into all the different supplemental essays that needed to be done. But, but for me, I primarily applied for like all the colleges I applied to was through the Common App. So I tackled that first. Next question. As someone in high school now, I don't feel comfortable whatsoever talking to counselors. So it's nice that it gets better in college. Definitely. So in college, you know, um, I actually went once for something that happened my freshman year. And I'm not someone who's ever like gone to a therapist or like gone to a counselor to talk about things. And I just kind of did it on a whim because I was like, hey, it's something my school offers. Why not try it out? And even though I only went once, like I didn't feel the need to go again. It was such a good time. Like I was able to vent to someone who had no relationship whatsoever in my life and didn't judge me for anything. So it was nice to just kind of let them know what was happening. And since they are um, professional, they knew how to help me too. So that was really nice. And did my mental health get better or worse in college? Good question. I think it depends. Like in some ways it got better, in some ways it got worse. And I think the academic stress for me actually got easier because I felt really pressured in high school that, you know, I had to be the best and I had to like, quote unquote, beat my friends or whatever. There was this really toxic environment that we were all competing for the same thing. And that didn't really go well with me. But once you're in college, you kind of have this realization that people are doing so many different things. And you're not really competing like with your roommate or like with your friend anymore. Like there's hundreds of people that are doing the same thing that you are, or there might be no one. So college is where you meet so many people doing so many things that that kind of academic stress releases a little bit in my opinion. But I do think that it depends on each individual for sure. Um, another place where my mental health, I think, got worse is I'm slightly an introvert. So it's very hard for me to go and make friends, like go talk to someone, just like initiate friendship. I'm much better at someone talking to me first. So as someone who had a good amount of friends in high school, in college, it was a little harder to make friends. I was honestly was just friends with a lot of people that I was with still in high school. So it was hard to make new friends, I guess. But I'm still working on that today. I have accumulated some new friends, such as people who I lived with, my sweet mates, and some people that were mm -hmm. kind of recurring individuals in all my classes. So it's a sure but slow process for some people, especially for me. So I think that was definitely one of my hardest parts adjusting mental health-wise in college. All right, next question. Let's see. So assuming I live in a dorm away from my parents, yep, was it hard adjusting to living situation changes as in living with the roommate instead of with your family? Definitely. So I'm an only child, so I'm very, very close to my mom and dad. And the good thing was I did have an experience in high school where I went to a summer camp and I had to live like two months away from my family. So I kind of had this like experience beforehand how college was going to be. And that made it a little easier for me when I went to college. And at the same time, since a lot of people from my high school were going to the same college as me, it kind of gave that additional like reassurance that I still had like familiarity and the sense of comfort. So I think it is hard a little bit, but again, this is very, I think, dependent on each individual. So um, it's like I don't know how to answer that in a different way. I hope that kind of makes sense. That's kind of how it worked out for me. So let me know if you have any additional questions about that, though. So do you have any advice uh, for people with mental illnesses to balance their college life? 
So unfortunately for me, I don't have any like professional advice, nor do I think it would be like right for me to like professionally address that. But my advice would be to kind of use the resources that you have on campus. Like I said before, a lot of campuses offer really great mental health resources for their students and they understand that, you know, we're all going through different things. So that would probably be my biggest advice, like taking those resources and really trying them out to see and maybe going to those support groups and talking to people to see what works for you in that regard. Okay, I'm going to go back to the presentation and go to the next slide and then I'll come back to the questions. All right, so this is the last area for self-care, which is social self-care. And the first point is maintaining connections with people you meet. So whether that's in your classes or residence hall. And a big thing I wanna emphasize is there's no pressure to be best friends with everyone. So I have this feeling that when you go to college, everyone's like, oh my God, I need to make new friends. I need to like be everyone's like friend or else I'm gonna be lonely. And I just wanna make sure that you guys know that there's no pressure to be everyone's best friend. But you know, even having an acquaintance is a really great relationship in college. For me, I have various types of friends. Like I have the friends that I hang out with, but then I also have the friends that I um, have in a lot of my classes. So they support me academically for like study groups and going over homework. And then I have my roommates. So there's definitely different types of friends that you make in college. So don't put that pressure on yourself that everyone you meet, there's this need to befriend them or anything of that sort. And second is definitely reaching out to people. So calling or messaging a family member or friend just to check in. And this can be both during college application season or in college. For college application season, like I said, most of your peers are going through the same thing. So just checking in on how they're doing like, hey, do you need any help with your applications? Like, do you want me to look over your essays? Just small things like that may really help them feel better, and they might actually return the favor too. And in college, since, like I said before, I'm an only child, I would call my mom at least, like, every other day, if not every day. And a really great way that I did it was I would have to walk home from this class back to the dorm that was, like, a 15- to 20-minute walk. So I would just call her up on that walk home and talk to her and, you know, multitasking. So definitely calling your family members when you're in college because they miss you too, just as much as you miss them. Okay, going back to the question. Okay. I see Deborah 47 you're also an only child. Yes. <laughs> So Skyburns, you said that you were quite close to your parents. How did you emotionally prepare to leave them? To be honest, I think it was harder on my mom than it was on me. But like I said, that um, summer experience that I had, that summer, um, what was it? summer program that I joined, I think that was the hardest. I was a rising senior, I believe, when I went to that summer program. So I almost got all my emotions out during that period of time, like missing my parents and kind of like learning to deal with the distance and the responsibility. So since I had the experience early on when I was going to college, it was almost like, hey, this is almost the same thing, you know, like it's going to be okay. And also just with age, I was more mature when I went to college at that point. And for me, I think my college is only like, two hours away from home so my parents were always like hey if you ever need us like we'll come visit you and that was just also very reassuring for me next rashi how do you reach out to friends if you aren't seeing them in a while and is it worth cutting people off if they don't reach out to you this is a really great question because this is something that personally happened in my college experience so my best friend the one who crocheted me a bag if you were here earlier she actually went to a different college than I did, and she's one of my childhood best friends. So it was a little unfortunate because I really wanted to experience college with her, but she chose to go to college in the same state. So we were only maybe like 30 minutes away. And 
But once you get to college, you'll really see how hard it is to go visit people, honestly. And for her, we would just talk every now and then, you know, like I'd hit her up and be like, hey, you want to FaceTime and just like talk about like how life is. So that was kind of what I did with my really close friends, either like continue engaging in a group chat or privately messaging them and being like, hey, want to catch up? Let's do something. Or we would sometimes go to their colleges and, you know, spend a day with them. And she would come over to my university and spend a day here. So small things like that, it's definitely harder to do them on a more regular basis like you would have in high school. But once you're in college, you kind of get that understanding that it's not easy to always be with your friends since you now have this additional responsibility. And it's kind of just maturing through that. Secondly, is it worth cutting people off if they don't reach out to you? So this is a tricky question because, um, let's see. Um, reaching out to people, I definitely think you always have to have like a 50-50 balance when it comes to um, friendships. So if you're putting an effort and the other person isn't putting effort back, definitely have a conversation about it because maybe they're going through something that you don't know about or they're having some other issues that they don't want to burden you with. So just talking about those issues might help at first, you know, telling them, hey, you know, we aren't hanging out or talking much, like what's going on? And after that point, if you see things are still not really improving, then sometimes a gradual, you know, breakaway is usually what happens with people in college. Like there, there isn't a need for like a dramatic, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. But um, a lot of people that I used to talk to a lot, you know, I don't talk to as much anymore. And it was just a gradual process. Like there were no like hard feelings on either end. But just the fact that when you go to college, life changes, people change priorities change. So I want to reassure you guys that it's a pretty natural process. Next, hypnotize. How can you make friends? Um, <laughs> I have the same question too. Making friends is really hard in college and it's hard and easy at the same time depending on what type of person you are. So for freshmen, there are a lot of events where you get to meet other freshmen, like orientation and just a bunch of like first year dedicated events where you can meet new people. But in a really general sense, the best way to make friends are people that you're rooming slash suiting with. So in the same hall as you as the residence hall or meeting people in different classes that, you know, like the person you sit next to might end up being your buddy for that whole semester. and Thirdly, joining clubs. Um, that's definitely something I've heard a lot. People tend to join clubs their first year because in those spaces, you find people that are passionate about the same things that you are, and you kind of have a lot more to talk about and kind of form that connection. So those are my big three things for making friends in college. Next one, is it necessary to send a high standardized test score? So for this, um two years ago honestly i don't know if much has changed because i know with covid like things are much more different now like a lot of colleges don't require standardized test scores but again your test score isn't like the one and only thing college applications um consist of so i would say it's like 33 percent and then the essays and everything else make up the rest so Definitely send your highest test score, but don't have this impending pressure that, oh my God, I need to get like a 1550 or something really high. Otherwise, no colleges are going to consider me. Like, I really want to emphasize that like having a quote unquote low test score is not the end of the day. And next, so Skyburns, how do you maintain friendships that rely on you seeing each other every day? Good question. So I think this is how a lot of us maintained friendships in high school because we would just see the same people every single day. And that was just like how you were friends. But in college, it's a lot about um, initiating things. You really have to be responsible more when you want to maintain a friendship. So what I would do is me and my sweet mates, like even though we lived in the same area, we would sometimes never see each other because we were so busy with classes and other things. So 
So we would have like weekly dinner nights where we would all go to the dining hall together. We would play like Monopoly, like have game nights. So in college, you kind of just have the understanding that, okay, it's not going to be reasonable to, you know, hang out with a friend every single day. But making sure that you take the initiative to do something every now and then is a good way to maintain those friendships. Next question. So, Rashi, how do you stop yourself from being jealous or guilty when you see other people out doing exciting stuff while you're at home trying to make a night for yourself? I relate to this very much. FOMO is a really big thing in college, especially so if you're at home. So I spent my first semester of sophomore year um, at home, and then I moved back to an apartment on campus second semester. So I want to say it's inevitable, like you are going to feel some things like that. And it's just part of life. Like, I don't want to invalidate anyone's feelings. But sometimes they'll be like, oh, she's having so much fun. He's having so much fun. What about me? And in times like that, it's just important to remind yourself that, you know, like, everyone's life is so different. Like, they might be sharing these things on social media, but maybe that's like, their one time of the month kind of thing. or you know, we don't really know what's happening in their lives compared to ours. So just kind of distance yourself mentally, I would say. Don't kind of take everything you see on social media as pretty accurate of what they're going through. So for me, I really value, like, like I try to put as much value into things that I do rather than, you know, looking into other people and seeing what they do. So I don't know if that makes any sense. But I just want to say it's totally valid how you feel. And I'm sure everyone else also um, has that feeling of FOMO for sure. Thank you, Krishi. That's a really nice comment. <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah, I definitely agree with Tan. It's very easy to get tripped up with the social aspect of college because I want to say first years. Some first years tend to go crazy because they're like, oh my God, no more parents, time to go crazy. But it's definitely important that you have a good balance. Like it's okay to have fun, but you're also here to work hard and you know, you're doing this for your future. So make sure you have a good balance for sure. All right. Yep, and I want to emphasize what Nicole said about the TikTok thing. Definitely visiting the same places over and over again. You'll start to see the same people there. And sometimes they might come up to you and you can go up to them. That's another thing I want to emphasize too. Like first years, a lot of first years are looking for friends. So like someone like me who was really shy to like talk to people, I still, I don't think I reached out to a lot, but I definitely had people who came and talked to me first, and now we're, like, really good friends because of that. So a lot of a lot of first years are looking to, you know, form these connections and relationships, so don't feel afraid that you're going to be judged, and even if you are, it's okay. You'll probably never see them again because that's how big college is, but definitely don't kind of prevent yourself from doing that if that's something you want to do. <laughs> just show up to the same person's dorm every week. I definitely had people who did that too. Um, it's definitely interesting when I see someone who I don't know, but like my sweet mates are friends with. I'm like, hi there, stranger that I kind of know because I see you here all the time. <laughs> Let's see. My question. Okay. Yes. So hypnotize will scholarships help a lot, even if you feel like you won't win them. So scholarships, again, this depends a lot on the type of scholarship, but if you have the opportunity to apply, definitely do apply. Even, you know, I definitely agree with you that it sometimes it feels like you won't win them, but it gives you the satisfaction that, hey, you know, I did it. I tried. And at least you like won't regret not doing it. But scholarships go, I think, yeah, there's so many different types. Like some scholarships will be put towards like 
books and things that you might need for classes. Some scholarships are directly like, like go to your college directly. So I'm not that well versed in scholarships. So if anyone in the chat is, um, knows more information about that. But again, just if you want to do them, definitely do them. And don't feel like you're worth any less just because you don't get them. I really want to emphasize that. Rashi, yeah, I love your comment too. So I love my parents. So I'm definitely a bit excited about being able to be my own person. I definitely agree. Since I'm an only child, you know, all the attention's on me all the time. So um, it's definitely nice on the other end to kind of be my own person. And I think now my parents see like all that I've done in college and they're kind of, they're really proud of who I've become and all that I've been able to manage on my own without them. So college is definitely a time where you learn a lot about yourself and go through things without having your parents. And in the end, it makes you a really strong person. Looking for another question. I think I see one here. Okay, Kushi says, how did you go about finding roommates or did you just go with the random ones? So for roommates, a really interesting thing is I had a best friend in middle school and she went to a different high school. But when I found out that we all, that we were both going to go to the same college, I kind of reached out to her because I know some people say, like, don't room with the people that you went to high school with, especially if you're super close. So I wanted to avoid that potential problem of, you know, ruining a friendship of someone that's really important to me. Not that my middle school friendship wasn't important, but I knew that we hadn't seen each other in a good four years. So, you know, it gave us, like, more time to learn about each other. So I ended up rooming with my middle school best friend. And it was honestly really great. Like, we clicked really well. and. It was, like, like I would say, like, every time any roommate that you have, there are going to be different obstacles you're going to go through, but it's just about being mature and learning how to go through those. So we would kind of tell each other, like, hey, if you're going to invite someone over, let me know beforehand. We would set boundaries with each other, basically, and that definitely helped with, you know, having that roommate relationship, but at the same time, She's like my best friend now. We roomed together again sophomore year. And yeah, I definitely do hear people who go with random ones. And sometimes it ends up really well, other times not so well. But yeah, I personally would never have the guts to go random. So I definitely props to anyone who went random roommate. What does the process of choosing a roommate look like? This is, um, I'm pretty sure this is different for every university, honestly. But for Chapel Hill, for UNC Chapel Hill, we could pick a roommate. And then we would basically, when you're doing like the housing application, you would kind of just add their name and all their information and be like, hey, this is the person I want to room with. Other times, if you do want to go the random route, a lot of colleges offer a way to kind of like match you with someone who kind of aligns with your preferences. So they'll ask you a bunch of questions like, are you a morning person, night person? Like, when do you want like lights out by? What are some qualities you look into? In your roommate so there's usually like a questionnaire for random roommates and then they'll try to match you with someone who basically is a um basically matches what you want in a roommate but another process actually so this is what we did or this is what i did to find sweet mates so sweet mate is basically like in my dorm it was 
a small suite of eight people. And then me and my roommate lived in one room. And then there were like four rooms in the suite. So to find our suite mates, we actually went on the Class of 2023 Instagram page and just like DM'd some people that we thought we would vibe with. And then we like talked to them and like, you know, kind of <laughs> just like had little conversations to see if, you know, we would be like okay to like live with them. And that's how I found um, two of our suite mates. And it was really great because now, again, I'm like really good friends with two of those suite mates and I'm going to be rooming with them again next year. So that is um, how that works. So Shirti asked, I hope I pronounced that correctly. I know a lot of high school students, including myself, base their self-worth off of what college they get into slash go to. How does one get past the prestige aspect of college? It's a really important question for sure. And I know myself, I went through something like that. And the hard part is you kind of, at least for me, it's hard to get past that until you actually get into college. I think in high school, everyone you know, it's kind of competing into like, oh, who can get into like the best university. And there's this kind of toxic environment in high school where your self-worth is based off of that. But I just want to tell you guys that college is what you make of it. Like you could go to Harvard or you could go to community college, but at the end of the day, it's what you make of your college experience. So whether you go to the classes that you like or you do that extra tutoring or you go and participate in these clubs, like that's what really matters, especially for like once you're entering that like job search stage. So yeah, I really want to put that um, emphasis that it is kind of hard, unfortunately, in the society that we live in to get past this sense of prestige. But at the end of the day, you know, your college experience is what you make of it. And that's what's really important. All right. Hypnotize has another question. This sounds like a dumb question. No question is dumb. Um, but is it possible for an apartment to have a roommate with not owned by a school? So, again, can't talk for all universities, but for Chapel Hill, there's actually like student apartments near like the area they're not owned by the school but they are like you know they're marketed as student apartments so like 90 95 percent of the apartment will be college students and you can definitely have roommates there you know there's like several floor plans for example so i'm gonna be living in an apartment next year as a junior so i selected my roommates and signed a lease at this apartment Yeah, Facebook groups is a good way too, Cushy. We have like Facebook um, groups too for UNC and a lot of people do find roommates that way too. So Skyburns asks, how do you deal with validation based on grades and academics? Good question. So in high school, again, this was something I dealt with more in high school than I did in college because when you're in high school, most of the time you're in the same classes with the same people. So there's this kind of vibe that you're constantly being compared. But a really big moment for me that I had in my senior year was that it's really important to um, kind of see, just compare yourself to yourself, if that makes sense. So at the end of the day, you're always trying to better yourself. So don't base validation off of like your peers or someone else in class who might be doing better than you is what I want to say. Because everyone has different um, like strengths and weaknesses. So comparing yourself with yourself, I think, is a more healthier way and rather than comparing yourself with other people. But again, with that, it's all about effort. So if you really tried and you see a result that, you know, you don't like, to me, it's like I made that effort and I tried my best. So, you know, at least I did that. And now I know what I need to do to get better next time. So always have this mindset of it's not the end of the world. Like we have so much time to do more and do better. And 
that's something that's really important. But for me, grades, like validation, stuff like that improved in college. Because like I said, you know, I wasn't hanging around with the same people doing the same thing. So everyone was kind of floating in their own world, stressing about their own things that we didn't have time to compare ourselves with other people. So that definitely improved for me. Okay, let's see if there are any more questions. Is it advisable to choose your friends as roommates? So this is, um, I think, definitely depends on each individual. I know, like, stereotypically, people are like, well, don't choose your friends, because then if you, like, have a fight or something, then you won't be friends anymore. But it's all about, like, maturity and kind of, like, knowing your friend. Like, I love my best friend to pieces, but sometimes I think, like, I wouldn't be able to live with her, you know, if that makes sense. So sometimes some people, you know, you might be really good friends, but they might not make good roommates. And it, it goes the other way around, too. Like, you can have great roommates, but maybe they're not someone who's, like, good to be your friend. So having the time to, like, talk to the people who you're interested in um you know being roommates with kind of seeing how they live and how they vibe when they're like not outside is really important when you're selecting roommates. and on top of that communication definitely communicating with people when you are roommates is very important because otherwise things can get passive aggressive and that's not really great <laughs> Christy, if you want, you can unmute for your question. It kind of got brought up anyway. Um, so I guess I'll just say the question I just uh, typed out. Um, how do you deconstruct the idea that your self self-worth is based on grades and college acceptances, especially like as you're getting your acceptances and rejections? Mm -hmm. Good so again, this is something I struggled with too, just because I thought, for me, my biggest fear was, oh my God, what if like all my friends get in somewhere and I don't? So that was my biggest thing. And for me, I think like it's really important to detach yourself from that because colleges are looking at so many people. And I think it's just hard to feel oh, this is a really hard question. <laughs> like, I think it just happens like naturally over time. Like you kind of start to learn your self-worth the more you grow. And like now looking back at my high school self, I was like, I'm just a girl. Like, why did you stress so much? Like, you know, things work out at the end of the day, as long as you do what you're passionate about and you work towards being better. So it doesn't matter like where you go or like when things happen. It's just like the process in which things happen. So I'll definitely just want to say, I don't know like what year you're in right now, but in the future, I promise you, like if things are hard right now in the future, you are definitely going to be proud of yourself and things will work out no matter what happens. I know that's very like stereotypical, but yes. Um, Winky Squid, yes, this is basically the end of the presentation. The next slide is just like a thank you and any questions. Yep, I definitely realized that a long time ago. No problem. How expensive are apartments? Yep, like Kushi said, that entirely depends on area, how many the apartment itself, like. So I live in North Carolina, and a lot of my friends have varying prices for their apartments, just dependent on the area that you're in. So definitely, that can be something you can research when you are applying for colleges, like financially. Um, I know finances is a big part of applying for colleges, so looking into things like rent is very Okay, okay, let's see. Yes, like Tom said, don't base your self-worth on something that is temporary. 
honestly, I made some bad grades and I don't even remember them. And I've moved past them and exactly like, grades, they come and go. There's so many grades, like you can't keep track. I don't even remember the good grades I got. So <laughs> I agree, Jake. If you and your best, if you and your friend fight once and aren't friends anymore, then they probably weren't a good friend. Yeah, I agree. Just scrolling through. Yes, admissions officer do. They only look at your thing for like fifteen minutes, so. Like, they know it, too. Like, they hate having to do it that way, but it's the only way, I guess, that they can do it. How did you decide what you wanted to write for your personal statement? So, for this poll, I... Actually, I wrote down like different ideas, but at the end of the day, something that I heard was try to, so your overall application should kind of give this like overarching um, look into who you are as a person. So a lot of my school records and classes that I took and everything really showed me in like a STEM angle. So for my personal statement, um, I love to write. I don't do it as much anymore, but in high school, I really like to write a lot. So for my personal statement, I actually talked about writing. So that, I think, showed me in a different light and gave kind of like another um, look into who I am as a person, just aside from this girl who took a bunch of STEM and AP classes. Okay. I think I reached the very bottom of the chat. So if you guys have any more questions, I can definitely answer them. Yes, I am caught up. <laughs> I had to like get through all the general discussions and then the questions. And if any of you guys have questions, just like, in general, you can unmute yourselves and ask too. Darshana, thank you so much for your time. This was super, super enjoyable. I uh, One question I have before, before anybody asks the last few questions to wrap up is, uh, can is it all right if um, in the notes that we post uh, in this uh, voice channel, um, is it all right if we can add whatever contact information you'd like people to reach you out by, whether it's Discord, email, um, LinkedIn, regardless, but if anybody wants to follow up with other questions, uh, can they do so through that method? Yeah, definitely. I can, um, do you want me to put it in the chat, like, chat right now, or would you like for me yeah, to, you, like... you can do both. You can put it in the chat right now, and then okay. whatever, like I said, we'll post the notes with the recording, um, as well as, can you provide a link to your slide as well, and we'll include that there. Yeah. Definitely. I can definitely. Awesome. Thank you so much, Darshana.